good time. For a good time. For a good time. For a good time. Dicks, pussies, tits. Welcome to For a Good Time. <laughs> uh, I'm Isabel Arf. Uh, and this is my co-host. Hi, I'm Juan Barkeen. And uh, this is your new favorite podcast about pornography and other obscene materials. Um, this is our, our zero episode. We just wanted to give you guys an idea of why we're actually doing this, um, what the kind of format's going to be which you can look forward to, and also to give you an idea of what is coming in our next episode. Uh, and to give you a little disclaimer at the end about uh, some of the material we're going to be covering. So to start out with, we're going to talk about uh, just our little, I guess, our backgrounds in porn, as weird as that sounds. I mean, not, okay, That I phrased that in a weird, weird way. Yeah, I was about to uh, say, it's like, I unfortunately, I mean, not, not necessarily unfortunately, I just haven't worked in sex work or pornography uh, yeah, as I have, many I nudes I as seconds. I probably have online at this point, but um, um. So if you haven't worked in porn, Juan, then why do you want to do a podcast about porn? Oh man, that's a that's a tough question. Um, that's not true. Uh, I've been like incredibly fascinated by porn for most of my life. Not just in like jacking off like every twelve year old does, <laughs> but um, you know, like I think it started. Is there when... a more like pure porn consumer than the twelve year old? I don't think there is. I'm pretty sure that is, like, the purest form of porn consumer, especially, like, trying to, like, get your hands on any kind of pornographic material that's, like, semi-erotic, even if it's just, like, stealing the tags from underwear models on, like, a department store, and just, like, oh, yeah, like, that's my first thought of anytime I think of, like, teenagers and pornography, I'm like, oh, that's what I used to do, that's... <laughs> I was gonna say let's 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 do a complete diversion here real quick before you get into anything else. Mm-hmm. What was the what was the first like things like group of things you can remember like jerking off to? Definitely that. Um, this is gonna be when an explicit podcast, f- by the way. Yeah, of course, only. obviously. <laughs> Everyone, please enjoy my horrible teenage sexual fantasies. Um, <laughs> uh, definitely that. Um, I would like print out like porn from the internet and then like delete my search history and then hide it under my bed without realizing that like my mother was going to change my bed sheets at some point and then they found it. Um, and so like they would buy me like like straight porn magazines and it was like okay well like I'm into both of these people so it's hot to see Your like parents bought you straight porn magazines yes yeah, so that. Because, like, wow. they found gay porn things, so they were like, oh, God, let's, you know. Oh, <laughs> and, like, you know, I don't blame them, I get it. Um, but, like, it was just amusing to me, because, like, one of the issues they gave me was, like, it had, like, this threesome of, like, this really hot guy and these two really hot women. And I'm like, okay, well, like, they're all really hot. This is great. Um, <laughs> this is not <laughs> making me any less gay, but, like, you know, <laughs> good try. Uh, <laughs> and I would, like, surf porn on, like, my PSP at, late at night since we couldn't use, like, the house computer. Um, that is, I'm dating myself with a PSP, Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> uh, God. Um, I guess, like, uh, we had the internet pretty early in my house, and my parents usually weren't super protective of it and didn't pay much attention to it, so... LimeWire was my friend for a while. Of course. Um, And this is actually, uh, so the first, like, 
I'd seen some porn before that because A, uh, I found some when I was cleaning up my brother's old room. There was just penthouse magazines in there, but it didn't like turn me on. It wasn't like erotic to me. It was just like, oh, this is this is pornography. Um, and then, of course, like I feel like everyone does. I found uh, just some me and my friends found a random porno mag in the woods in like a tree stump. How does I just feel like that's such a like an it's American thing? thing. It's, <laughs> it's a it's a, an American tradition. It's like baseball, apple pie. I know, but like, see, like I feel like so stumps. out of that because I'm like, I never found like a porn magazine on like Miami Beach or something. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> Um, but so I, I, I'd like seen porn before, but then I was like, oh, I like, I have the internet now. I can just look up porn. So I did that for the first time. And I remember like the first, I'm pretty sure I told the story online before, but like the first like month that uh, I was looking at porn, the first thing I stumbled upon was furry porn. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> I just thought that's what porn was. I thought that's like, this is what you do online. This is what pornography is. It's furry porn. What else am I looking for? Um, which probably says some things about me I mean, <laughs> as a person. In your like, hey, defense, you know, this'll work. I feel like most people in our age group, which is our late twenties currently, have at some point watched or like read furry porn. I feel yeah, I feel like it is far more common than maybe it used to be. Yeah. Um so I watched that for a little while and then um I remember one time I, this is just me telling stories about my porn youth. That's fine. Uh, I got ca- I got caught three times. Ooh. Uh, and I'm gonna tell all three of those stories right Please now do. and be incredibly embarrassed of doing it. So the first time I remember getting caught was I was I remember I just googled like lesbian because even here's the weird thing. So for those who are not aware of who I am, I'm a trans woman, um, and I mostly I'm romantically interested in women and guys I can fuck with, but I don't like. I don't fuck with fuck with, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I like that description. <laughs> and um, so I was just like Googling lesbian, as you do. And uh, my parents were coming home. So I went to close all the pop-ups or, or all the windows. And then one window wouldn't close. And I was like, oh, mm. fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. So um, I told this complete bald-faced lie to my dad. I'm sure he knew it was a bald-faced lie. And I was like, this one window, it just popped up when I was like looking at like normal stuff. I don't know normal stuff. I don't know what I was looking at, but I said I was looking at it, but I was like, I can't close it. And he was like, okay, like, could you close it? Because it was just like a little thing on the bottom that was super easy to close. And I was just an idiot. So that was the first time. Second time was um, when I was up late at night on my computer, which my computer didn't have internet, but I would take things from a thumb drive on the computer with internet and put them in my computer that didn't have internet and use that in my little my little fun private room. Smart. Um, and it was the middle of the night, so I didn't think my parents were up. And um, I just never closed my door as a kid. It was not a thing we did in the house, really. Mm-hmm. So um, I was jerking off in the middle of the night. And uh, to, I believe it was it was a fake celebrity photo. I forget what the celebrity was. I love that. But, um, <laughs> and I just heard my mom, like, like get up. And immediately, like, I closed it. But she saw, like, what it was, and I was insistent, like, no, it was actually, I was trying, I was doing something else. I was doing, I was not doing the thing you think I'm doing, even though we both understand that I was definitely doing the thing you think I was doing. Um, and that never got my computer taken away. It was weird. My parents were very blasé about it. It's kind of impressive. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, the final time that I was maybe the most embarrassed was... Uh, so I had LimeWire, right? And I was downloading things off LimeWire and then usually just like deleting them the next day because like I didn't want them to be on the computer. Mm-hmm. And one time my dad calls me into the computer room and it's like, hey, 
I found this in the trash bin. And it was, um, what do you call it? It was trans porn, just like a whole bunch of it. Yep. Um, and BDSM porn. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> the, the lie I told. This is a great lie. Oh, I'm really no. proud of this lie. Oh, stuff. God. The lie I told was like, oh, LimeWire just downloads things in the background sometimes. No. And I didn't know it was there. <laughs> I feel like it's like I definitely got caught like throwing away gay porn at some point. I don't uh-huh. remember what in God's name my lie was. Um, but like that, that that's too much. <laughs> and it was one of those things where like my dad definitely knew I was lying. But like he couldn't call me on it. Of course. So that's not a situation where you can be like, no, you were jerking off to this pornography. And this very like, I mean... For me as an adult, it's not like that unusual, but it's like a, I think like for a teenager, it'd be unusual to find they were like jerking off to like bondage porn and like uh, trans porn. Yeah, it's not the first thing that your parents are gonna be like. Well, let's have a conversation <laughs> about this. Yeah. So that's uh, I guess uh, my history with porn. Uh, did you finish saying why you like why why we're doing this podcast and why you wanted to do this podcast? <laughs> I, I feel like I interrupted you a long time. Well, ago. no, I think we just ended up getting into like our childhood porn moments. <laughs> Which I appreciate. Um, I actually, I think, like, my, like, main interest in, like, looking at porn through a different lens than just jacking off was in, like, my early college years. I don't remember how old I was. Um, I met one of my friends whose name is Francisco, and he was, like, a huge porn fan, and he introduced me to Radley Metzger's movies, and I think think the first one he showed me was either score which is one of my favorite films of all time or the opening of misty beethoven which is equally magnificent um this is the pygmalion riff yes it is the pygmalion riff um they're just like it was like one of those moments where i was like oh and like you know i'd heard about like you know deep throat and all sorts of things because i live in miami like we had porn theaters we made porn here we still make porn here we have fucking bang bros like almost buying a literal arena to name themselves <laughs> or to name the arena <laughs> after themselves, which is magnificent, uh, even though it didn't happen. But like, it was the first time I ever got to see like porn that wasn't just like people fucking or like something amateur. And it was just like, oh, wow, like there's, you know, such humor, such production. There's like acting, there's scripts, like it's really... Like, it's really gorgeous to see what kind of films can be made, even though it is pornography. And from there, it just became, like, a slow downward spiral into, like, how much porn can I physically watch <laughs> of all types? Love it. Yeah, it's fun. So what about you? <laughs> Besides um, <laughs> all of your embarrassing childhood moments. I mean, uh, I think part of it was the fact that I actually did um, porn. Well, I did camming for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also did some full-service sex work, um, which, A, don't go looking for my old camming stuff, because I'm not sure if much of it's on the internet anymore, and B, if it is super low quality, I was also not that hot back then. So, like, <laughs> if, if you want if you want naked pictures of your hosts, uh, I'm go- I'm at least going to link my, uh, my Not Safe for Work Twitter at the end of this, so to stay tuned for that. I take way better pictures now. But <laughs> I'm, I won't link mine, but, like, if you want to <laughs> hit on me, like, please feel free to send me DMs, um, or, like, find me on, like, Grinder or Scruff, and I'll just open my <laughs> private pictures. I don't care. <laughs> um, so, uh, that was kind of, like, my, I was already, like, in, 
I hate to say in the industry because I wasn't like super deep into it, but I was already interested in it. And it was something that I did both for to make money and also because it was something I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And then um, it was a combination of getting really into like Pinku films from Japan. Gotta love them. Uh, which, for those who don't know, are like softcore. Softcore doesn't, isn't exactly the right term, but they don't feature full penetration. Uh, genre films from Japan. Some of them are horror films, some of them are dramas, some of them are just... They're all exploitation films with some variation or other, but they're fascinating, and we're definitely going to watch a bunch of them on this podcast. Can't wait. Um, and then just from there, stuff like Vinegar Syndrome, p- people like you introducing me to other people. Like, uh, I think you're the first person who told me about um, Wakefield Pool. Yes. Who is fucking amazing, and I think like really expanded my whole view for that. And I'm just naturally a person who's very interested in sex and very interested in sex work, and... Uh, the artistry that is involved in that. So I think it was just a natural fit for me. And an excuse to talk about porn on a podcast is just what I needed. Exactly. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's like we um, both, I mean, we talk about sex enough on our own time. And it's like we have such a wide variety of sexual experiences and just a genuine interest in seeing what people can do with the medium of pornography. Yeah. I mean,. I end up spilling over my sex life into my regular podcast, which is about like movies from the IMDb top 250. So <laughs> I feel like at some point I need an actual sexy outlet. Exactly. Sexy outlet. That and sounds... I'm pretty sure that I've said enough either embarrassing <laughs> sexual stories or embarrassing like romantic interest stories. Like I remember when we did on my old podcast, a Jean-Claude Van Damme episode, it was like, all about how much I wanted to fuck this guy who dressed up like Jean-Claude Van Damme once at a party. <laughs> so, I mean, it says something about us. <laughs> Nothing but good things. Of course. Um, so, uh, I think with that, well, that was like, we were, this was supposed to be like a 10 minute episode and then I made us talk about a bunch of other stuff. So but I'm glad. That. I feel like but, this really yeah. gives people an idea of who we are. Yeah. Um, and I think just we should say right off the bat, A, this is obviously going to be a not safe work podcast. We're going to be very explicit. And we're going to say some sexy things, I guess. <laughs> we're, we're, the, the, there's going to be no kind of holding back on when we talk about explicit sexuality. Mm-hmm. So just know that that's there going in. Uh, we will also talk about um, fetishistic and like kinky sexuality. Um, and we will try to highlight that before the episode starts or the beginning of the episode so people know if they need to dip for that reason. Um, and also, just in a more practical level, uh, porn, just like the mainstream film industry, obviously has an issue with abuse. And uh, I don't think it's unique to porn. I think that when people act like porn has more abuse than other mainstream forms of film, they should really look more into abuse in yeah. mainstream forms of film because it is fucking rampant. Exactly. Um, but we will try to highlight when we're aware if someone involved in the production uh, is shitty. And if we don't know, feel free to let us know later. Uh, we will try to uh, make sure that's a part of the context as much as possible. We also don't want to shy away from pieces just because of those reasons, um, if we think it's still an, a worthwhile piece to discuss. Uh, so yeah. Agreed. Is there anything else you want to add before we do plugs? Um, and in addition to uh, sort of giving a, an idea of like what to expect from the episode at the end of each episode, we'll probably talk about how you can actually access some of these movies. 
Uh, a lot of porn isn't necessarily... I mean, a lot of porn is really easily accessible through all sorts of websites just because they get uploaded rampantly online, but some are actually pretty hard to find or you have to purchase them. Uh, there's a lot of great companies who are restoring pornography. One of them is, as you mentioned, Vinegar Syndrome, um, who has tons of DVDs and Blu-rays uh, that are so, so good of uh, <laughs> a variety of porn films. and um, Or like if they're screening in some kind of capacity, like I know some of them that I will be picking do actually screen in public still. Um, yeah. And uh, there's some that you can get direct from creators. Like I'm yes. definitely going to be citing some more modern stuff. Uh, I think that's kind of going to end up being a not a not an always vibe or or what's the right word? It's not going to be an always kind of thing. But I think in general, I lean more towards modern stuff while you lean more towards older stuff. I think so. Um, so I'm, I definitely already have in my mind some creators that are still working right now that I'm going to highlight. Uh, but we will try to get you the best ways to watch these things. If there's no other way. We'll let you know that you can... I mean, we're not going to tell you where to go find a torrent, but... Of course. You're an adult. You know how to find torrents. We believe in you. But we will casually shrug and say, hey, if you find this movie not so legally online, congratulations to you. Yeah. But uh, I know that there is an issue of people actually paying for porn, and most porn performers not actually getting paid properly. So mm -hmm. if you can ever, still please buy it. But, you know, we're, we're millennials. We know how... Like, that shit works. Yeah. <laughs> In any uh, case that you can support a creator, please do. Yes. Um, so, plugs. Uh, first for the show, we have a Twitter uh, and a Gmail. Uh, if, you can, if you want to email us for any reason. Uh, they are both... Um, what's the name of this podcast again? <laughs> <laughs> for a good time. For a good time. For a good time. Um, the, they're both for a good time pod. So you can search that on Twitter and find us there. And for a good time pod on Gmail or at gmail.com. You can email us with any questions you have, any comments, anything like that. Any recs for porn, we'll take those. Mm -hmm. um, and then my personal stuff, uh, if you want my, my main Twitter, it's at Space Jam Fan. Uh, and if you want my not safe for work Twitter, it's at Enion's Girl Dick. Gotta get that uh, William Blake reference in because I'm incredibly <laughs> pretentious even when I'm boring apparently. Um, and Who among us? Um, so I run a classic film screening series called Flaming Classics. Uh, if you go to flamingclassics.com, you can find a bunch of essays on queer films from different years. You can see all of the films we programmed, some of the drag performances that we featured in it, uh, with my collaborator Trey Delellis. And you can find me on Twitter at woeitswanito, W-O-A-H because I don't believe that it's W-H-O-A, and I refuse to acknowledge otherwise. Um, so you can find my writing at dimthehouselights.com, which is a wonderful little website that I co-run with Derek Gadon and that Isabel writes for as well. And you can also find my writing at Miami New Times and Hyperallergic and a couple of other websites all over the web. Okay. So until next time... Thank you for calling. <laughs>